Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Got a loaded show today. Why? Wolves, wild, go for spring game, Vikings draft, and we have a busy week of guests. Actually, the next two weeks, I'm kind of excited about all the people because uh, there's only three to four shows a week that we can do. So we got a lot of people coming up. So I want you guys to stick around. We, I mean, we got Merrill Hodge. We got Santana. Uh, you know, no, I'll do that in the open. Hold on, sorry. Three, two. Three, two. Hey everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Got a busy show today. We got Wild. We got Wolves. We got Gopher Spring, and we got Vikings Draft. We got to talk about it all, but we got to talk about something Charles Barkley said. Charles Barkley disrespected the Timberwolves. Was it warranted, or is he just being Charles Barkley? We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, this is Ron Johnson showing Locked On Sports Minnesota. And this episode is brought to you by Fan Dual Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to get started today. And you're gonna want to get started because I mean, if you're if you're a betting person, and I hate to say this, Timberwolves fans, this is the time now to kind of look at these odds and, and figure out: is this the time to just bet on the nuggets? Like, do I want guaranteed money? Or with the Timberwolves back up against the wall, will they find a way to push this to a game six and bring it back to Minnesota for one more home game of the season? You never know. And not one more. I mean, there could be, if they can win game seven, they get more, but can they do it? So that's your decision. Go to FanDuel.com, check out the parlays, check out the straight up bets. I mean, if you're a betting person and you believe in the Timberwolves, the time is now. Now, if you don't believe in the Timberwolves, the time is also now because you can still bet on the Nuggets. Uh, but as I said, I'm Ron Johnson. This is, this is a Locked On Sports Minnesota, and this is the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, we are going to talk about the Timberwolves because, like I said in the open, uh, Charles Barkley was a little bit disrespectful. We're going to talk about the Vikings draft. There's a lot of rumblings, I guess, about the Minnesota Vikings and what they're going to do and what some of these NFL teams are thinking. And so depending on what they're thinking and what their thoughts are, I do have a thought on what the Vikings should do. And this is – this is why co uh, coaches get paid so much. This is why GMs get paid so much because these are the tough decisions they have to make that could either make or break their franchise. Like this could make them great and they could go on for years with a franchise guy or they can pick the wrong guy and they're screwed for the next couple of years until they can figure out a way to fix it, whether it's the New York Jets trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Look what they did with Zach Wilson. Maybe that was a bad pick for them. Uh, a lot of these guys throwing from their knees 70 yards. I don't know if that's the way to go, but – Got to bring my uh, producer, Sam Exerman, to the show. And I want you guys to remember, too, uh, you can download Locked On Sports Minnesota's app on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go to your Amazon Fire Roku device, search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can get all of our videos, all of our shows. Well, Sam, I'm going to just ask you. Charles Barkley, I'm going to pay the tease off early. Charles Barkley uh, was very disrespectful. He said, I turned off the Timberwolves game. And now for Minnesota fans, I get this because you guys are hockey fans. And he said, I went to watch hockey. Now, for Minnesotans who are into hockey, now, granted, the Wild did play earlier, which was great because normally 
they would have played the same time as the LA Kings, which would have been the same time as the Timberwolves. But the 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 sports gods made it work out for Minnesota sports fans. Wild played at five thirty. Timberwolves turned around and played at eight thirty. Uh, Wild lost. Uh, should have had had an opportunity. Kaprizov just could not find a way to score. Break. I, I tweeted that the early breakout couldn't do it. So yes, hockey. Like I watched the LA Kings, kind of the start of their game. Man, three goals within like I I, I don't know how long, I had to be only watching for like 10, 15 minutes. They had three <laughs> goals. So yes, it, it was exciting. And then you, you think about Connor McDavid and, and what you're hoping is going to happen with this this Kings uh, Rangers series. But Charles Barkley said he turned off the Timberwolves and started watching hockey. Now I don't know if Charles Barkley really is a hockey fan. I'm, I, I don't know because I'm never going to put that on anybody. That, but Auburn, Alabama, like coming from Alabama, I don't know if he's a hockey fan. I think he just really hates Carl Anthony Towns' game. I think he thinks Kyle Anderson is extremely boring. And uh, I think he thinks his Nuggets uh, Timberwolves series should have been over last night. And and we know that's Barkley. So in my opinion, that's disrespectful. But, I, I mean, I'm going to let the fans answer that question too for those listening, those watching. Jump on Twitter. It's three Ron Johnson on Twitter. It's locked on M I N on Twitter. Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Like, is Charles Barkley being disrespectful or is he right? Was hockey a lot more exciting than watching the Timberwolves Nuggets? Even though, in my opinion, down the stretch, especially the fourth quarter going in OT, it was exciting. Now it was annoying, but it was exciting. They were up twelve points. <laughs> they, they let the Nuggets bring it back. Jokic could have won the game with two free throws. He misses, and then the Timberwolves take an overtime. Now, I don't know if if if, if the, the mob got to uh, Joker and said, hey, hey, send this overtime. You better not win this. <laughs> like, like a boxing match with Rocky or something. Like, hey, I got money on this. Missed this free throw. Like, I, I don't know, because he was hitting threes. He was shooting well, and he missed one free throw. Maybe the nerves got to him. Made the second. Timberwolves have a chance. They don't make it. They go to overtime. Uh, and then I did not think they would have it in overtime, but they did. Even with Carl Anthony Towns falling out, they still found a way. Anthony Edwards took over. Let's say, is Charles Barkley right, or you know, is he just being Charles Barkley? It has unfortunately become fashionable or cute to insult the Timberwolves nationally, <laughs> and I think it's more of a TNT thing. And you know when it started, Ron? It started when Pat Bev jumped on yep. the scores table yep. last year, and they ripped him for that. And they ripped them for blowing leads throughout that Grizzlies series. Yep. And for these guys who never watched the Timberwolves in the regular season, they didn't watch them for a decade because they were never in the playoffs. So honestly, I think their only impression of the Wolves is sort of last year's playoffs and this year's playoffs. And the Wolves are rippable. The, the Wolves do a lot of dumb stuff. They complain about calls. They underachieve. Rudy Gobert is clumsy. Like the Wolves are a punching <laughs> bag. And when you get someone as unfiltered as Charles Barkley, he's going to let him have it. He's just going to go stream of consciousness and tell us what he thinks. I'm I'm sure that he thinks the wolves are dull and are stupid, uh, which those guys are sort of the opinion setters in a lot of NBA circles. So it's mm -hmm. unfortunate that they have to rip on our team, but the wolves kind of bring it upon themselves sometimes. And even yesterday, Ron, they win. That could have been an impressive-looking win. Instead, it's all about, oh, they blew a 12-point lead in the last two minutes and had to hang on for dear life. Yeah, that's that's the the tough thing about, uh, you know, that game. Again, yeah, you're right. They should have closed it out. Like, you're up 12 with three minutes to go, three-ish minutes to go. Close that out. You take your time up the court. They, let, they missed early shots, and they let the Nuggets knock down three open threes. 
back to back to back. Like Michael Porter Jr. is ridiculous. This team can score in bunches. Um, I, again, I, I apologize because I did not like the Nuggets to me just be, and maybe that's because we don't see them enough. But even like some of the highlights on SportsCenter, it was always just kind of blah. Like it never felt, but Aaron Gordon, he's a bully when he needs to be. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., he can shoot. KCP, he can shoot. Uh, we we already know Murray can fill up the bucket. Um, yeah, and Jokic is just, I mean, he moves so slow, but he controls the game. Like he, him at the top of the key is just like Joel Embiid. Like he gets it started. He starts the, you know, he starts the offense. It goes through him. Uh, if Cat backs off or Rudy Gobert backs off, he's going to knock down a three. If you press close, he's going to use that big body, hand it off, set the pick. If you get screwed up in the pick and roll, he's going to take your next guy. Like he's just, but his moves are so slow, but he's just big and strong and, and it, it's a tough guard. So yeah, the, the Nuggets are a tough team. This is what I say, Sam. This is what I, what I, what I realize. Mm-hmm. It's no longer Cat's team. We have to find a way that Anthony Edwards always touches the ball because when he's in a zone, but this is the other part of that. And this is where I look at like Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. Whenever LeBron wasn't feeling it, he would defer to Dwayne Wade. And that's where Anthony Edwards has to be. It has to be him first. And then when he's not feeling it, then he gets Carl Anthony Towns involved. Then he lets Michael Conley work the two man game with, with Carl Anthony Towns. But it has to be like an Anthony Edwards touch at some point. Oh, do you have it? Go drive because athletically nobody can really like power up with him when he gets going it's when he forces it like when he at the end of the game when he tried to force the double team and didn't even get a shot off uh he loses the ball but when he can get that one-on-one and and you could see he's 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 about to either step back hit a jumper or he's gonna fake the step back crossover sidestep and hit a shorter jumper not the three that's when he's in his bag that's i mean that reminds me of when he played bo cruz uh for those that don't remember that movie hustle um that that's what i that's what i expected of anthony edwards that the way he was talking to bo cruz the way he was going at him like man i'm the man who are you like that's the anthony edwards they're gonna need if they're gonna win the next three games i don't know if they can do it that's it's never been done before 149 and oh is the person is the team that went up oh and three three oh in a series in basketball and nba playoffs and they have never come back so the Timberwolves are climbing a mountain nobody's ever been to. But, hey, somebody had to get on the moon. Somebody had to climb Mount Everest. Somebody has to do it. There's always a first. Like, and, and the Timberwolves might be the first. Now, will they? Honestly, I don't know. I'm, I'm negative now because I've been in Minnesota, and I think I'm drink, I drink too much water here. So I'm just negative. Like, I'm negative about, about some of these sports teams and, and the way uh, big moments, they just don't come through. Like, you look at all the games so far with the Nuggets when they were up. Like, they were up the last game before this one in the third quarter. How do you how can you not finish this out? Like, what is it that you just fall into these lulls? Like, is are the Nuggets that good? Because I do, I truly feel like if the Nuggets run up against the Lakers or the Grizzlies or the Kings, even or the Warriors or the Suns, they can beat the Clippers. I don't think they can beat those other teams. Like, and that's just me. Maybe it's because I've been watching the playoffs and 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 I'm I'm starstruck a little bit by some of the, the movement within these teams. But I just don't feel like the Nuggets, like the way the Warriors or the Warriors, the Timberwolves are able to find leads here and there. Like, I don't know if the Nuggets can go because they don't match up the same with some of these other teams uh, when you think about Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Like, that's what the Timberwolves don't have is two pre- uh, perimeter scorers. Uh, you see Austin Rivers finally found it last night. But, I don't know, I think Charles Barkley, like, you're right. I think Pat Bev, like, that was that was everybody in the world's introduction to Timberwolves basketball, and that just wasn't a great representation of what they stand for. Uh, standing on tables, winning the play-in game, and then losing the first series, first round, like, yeah, that's 
That that and, and they keep showing that face every time they're like, Oh, I wonder what the Timberwolves are doing right now. They show at TNT, you're right, TNT does this. They show Pat Bev run off the court crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a meme. Oh man, it's, it's officially so, yeah. been memed. It's it's I mean, like crying like real crocodile tears, like like they say, a cat on the court kissing his wife. I mean, come on. It was like the end of Coach Carter or something. Like, what what's going on? So I get it. I get it. It's it, they're an easy target. It's an easy punching bag. You're right, Sam. Um, but we got to move on to a little bit of a uh, hockey talk. I mean, we because Sam is the hockey guy, so I got to let him get get his hockey talk off. But people, uh, we have a loaded week. We got Jordan Reed from ESPN coming up, uh, draft analyst. He's gonna be on the show uh, this week. We're gonna have Terrell Smith, Gophers uh, cornerback, who's heading into the draft. Uh, we got some other guys, Mo Ibram in the queue. We got Santana Moss. Now, we were going to air Santana Moss and, and, and get him on this week, but we don't want to muddy the waters with the draft. And say, He deserves his own week, so we're going to push his out to May. Uh, so the first week in May, please stay tuned for the Santana Moss interview. Uh, you know, we, we talked about Sean Taylor's uh, death. We talked about the Washington football team's uh, value of $7 billion. Uh, we talked about the Dan Snyder, because I've always told this story to Sam, and, and I was blessed, I guess, because it's only happened. Santana says it's only happened like a couple times, like two or three times. So I just was lucky. The year I was there, Daniel Snyder pulls the helicopter up to the field. So it wasn't an everyday thing. So I, I'm glad he straightened me out, because in my mind, I'm like, this dude has to do this like every year. And it wasn't like, so I was lucky. I was lucky to see Daniel Snyder pull up like Bruce Wayne uh, coming up to a party looking for the Joker. Like it that's what it felt like. But Santana Moss is going to tell us about, you know, being under the ownership of Daniel Snyder, what he's done for that organization, that program, uh, what he means to him. So there's a lot of public, I guess, Daniel Snyder comments, but I love the inside Daniel Snyder snuff that Santana Moss is going to share with us. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Uh, but also remember, people, we are a proud partner with Care 11. Uh, go to care11.com backslash locked on to get all of our videos. And we have a word from our sponsors. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and the official partner of Locked On. How good is FanDuel? They set the over under at 222 and a half in the Denver, uh, Minnesota game last night. How many points were scored? 222. That's how precise they are with the lines at FanDuel. If you're a new customer, you want to get in the action with NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, join now and claim a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if the first bet doesn't win. Download the safe, secure FanDuel Sportsbook app and explore the hundreds of ways to wager. You can bet on just about anything you can imagine, and they got extra lines for the NBA playoffs. Check out the same game parlays, the same game parlay pluses for a chance at big payouts when you stack up those bets within the same game. And of course, that no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if the first bet doesn't win. FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, Sam, two to two, stars wild. Uh, there were some early moments like a prize off on the breakaway, one-on-one -on -one with the kid from Lakeville between the pipes. Prize off could not score. Like, I, I, I thought he was going to do the triple deke maybe. I thought he was going to hit him with the Emilio Estevez or, you know, go glove side or go stick side, you know, be a show-off. 
I don't know what's going on. I mean, I'm, I'm tweeting about because I saw Kevin Fiala got a goal for the L.A. Kings when I was watching. And I really didn't know the Kevin Fiala, Kevin Fiala story. I just knew that name. And he was a wild player at some point. And so I just tweeted, hey, why, why isn't he here? And some people said, well, you know, he would disappear in the playoffs. Um, you know, he wanted $9 million. I don't even know what the dollar amount was, but some people are saying the money. Uh, they couldn't get him under the cap. Uh, he got a lot more money with uh, the Kings and the Wild could pay him. Uh, but they also said that Kaprizov is doing his best Kevin Fiala playoff impression right now. Like he has not scored. Uh, he has not shown up in big moments. And the start of that game was one. Like, I think if he scores that breakaway and really, uh, you know, left, right, left, right. I don't even know what the move would be. A, B, A, B, start. You know, I'm talking about Contra now and uh, the Nintendo. But if you think about Kaprizov. That that should be a score like that should be a goal. You're one on one on a breakaway. I mean, I'm I'm thinking Michael Jordan on a fast break, LeBron James one on one on a fast break. Like that's where Kaprizov should be. It should be a no brainer. You're 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 done. You're cooked. But the goalie was how you say Ostetler Ostetler, Ottinger Ottinger. There's a spell with too many. There's too many letters in that name. Uh, but Ottinger, legit. Like the kid was legit. Like he, he, I mean, he was on his game and he only gave up two goals. Now Gustafson gave up three. Now again, but 24 of 21, 24 shots, 21 saves. I still feel like, and I, I saw the term on Twitter, the Gus bus. I still feel like we should be on the Gus bus um, because that's not a bad night. It, he didn't give up seven. He gave up three. Um, so I know people are like, oh, I wonder what uh flower would he did. Cause I saw Dan Burrell tweet that, but he's being a, he's been a jerk. Um, he's trying to rile up the fans or in the pot i bet a bit oh i bet the flower would have stopped that like shut up you're trying to rile up the fair i love dan Barrow though because that's what he does he's a, he's a he's a he's a jerk he loves to he loves to rile him up and uh you know that that's that's what you cannot do because if you pull him and then start this other kid in game five uh or sorry pull the kid and start the the vet in game five and he has a horrible game five now you're down three two and it's a must win game that's what you don't want to do. You don't want to have a must-win game putting Gustafson back. I think Gustafson wins this next one. They go, and that's tomorrow. They play at seven. They go up three-two, and then they win it in six at home. I think that's that's the way you do it. You win it in six at home, right? They're at home, right? For the for the next one, correct? Yeah. So yep. the next one's on the road, and then they come back home. Uh, so you win it. You don't want to go back to Dallas. You want to stay home. Let's finish it in six. I think that's the recipe for the success for this team. And then you get an extra rest because you don't have to play Sunday, April 30th. You get to relax. You get to rest and, and figure out. And I'm guessing they're going to play what the Avalanche? Is that who's the next, Avalanche or? are are up two one on the Kraken? Even though the Kraken have been uh, plucky, the Avalanche are are going to take control of that series. Yeah. So then they would play the Avalanche. So. Yeah, and that that's just what I saw. I just saw a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, the stars not stepping up. And uh, that that's that's the problem. Like, and then some of the calls, like I don't understand some of the calls, like the cross checking. I get it, the sticks up, you hit them maybe higher than you're supposed to, or whatever. I don't know. Um, but some of the like tripping and some of that stuff, some of that stuff was just BS. Like, I just feel like the refs feel like because of the action after the play, like guy falls or guy fly flails, we got to call something. Just let them play. Like, just let them play. And I think that's that threw it off because the power play, the special teams for the Wild, to me, did not look great. Uh, they, they didn't look like, I don't know what it is about the stars and their, their special teams, but they're mm -hmm. always in control. Like they're getting yeah. breakaways and they're undermanned. Like, how are you getting a breakaway and you're undermanned? Like you're, <laughs> you're, you have more guys than them and you're chasing them down the ice. Like that to me is baffling. Like, I don't understand that because then flip it when the wild are trying to defend the power play, 
they're just skating for their lives. They're trying to like keep the puck in, you know, out of the zone. Like they, they are not attacking. Like the the stars to me just they skate better. I don't know what it is. Like they they maybe they're more confident. Um, you know, didn't the now so were the stars? Is it or am I missing this? Were the stars at one point in Minnesota? Yep. So okay. the North Stars. Ah, Minnesota North okay. Stars. That that franchise was moved to Dallas um, in the 90s, and then they quickly won a championship in Dallas, and people were very bitter, and people were very bitter at the ownership, and it was a really messy situation. Yeah. Ah, okay. So I do – yeah, th- I thought that's what it was. Like, it, I knew something Stars. I remember North – okay, so North Stars, that makes a lot more sense now. Now they're the Dallas Stars. And so that's the, the championship I guess the Wild should have had, or they would have been the Stars still at the time. Um, but yeah, so, so I don't know. That's what I saw, Sam. I don't know. What did you see? Yeah, you touched on a lot of the big storylines. So Kirill Kaprizov's quote unquote disappearance. Um, I think a little overblown. I mean, he, he did score in game one. Um, I thought he had a lot of good scoring chances yesterday, mm-hmm. which if you're putting yourself in those positions, um, that's about all you can ask. Like eventually that he'll, he'll, he'll convert more of those. I think if he's in those spots, the Wild, as a team, weren't very opportunistic yesterday until the very end, um, and it was too late. But if you play that game three more times, I think you win two of the next three. Like I think you'd win this series because they did play a game where they controlled more of the tempo than Dallas. Um, their physicality actually got them in a little bit of trouble because of the officiating. The, yep. Like Marcus Foligno trying to finish a couple checks, and he gets called for a couple of uh, – you use the word BS – Lino used the real word after the game uh, calls <laughs> by, by the officials, which put them on the penalty kill, which Ron, as you astutely pointed out, has been bad. Um, the wild have given up seven power play goals in the series. Wow. And Gustafson has only allowed two goals at even strength in, in three games that he started. He's given up four on the power play and two even strength goals. You can't put too much on the goaltender when he's always, you know, facing these shorthanded situations. Yes, right. you'd like him to make a couple of these saves, but I think that's more on the Wilds penalty killing unit that they need to um reduce the pressure, they need to clear the puck better, they need to keep guys out of those open areas. So that that's on the Wilds penalty killing. They need to to figure things out and lock it down. Um but the Wild Ron, this is a a theme of their franchise. They have never been a boot-on-the-throat kind of team. They don't know how to slam the door when they have an advantage. Like, they have never in their history had a 2-0 lead in a series. And again, they, they didn't. They refused to do that this year. Um, and I think they're like 3-14 and 14 all-time in Game 4s, mm-hmm. and that trend continued yesterday. So they, they just can't really take control. And uh, now they got to go on the road and, and play a good game. I think they can win. I think that they're the better of the two teams, to be honest with you. Um, but it's up for grabs. It seems like a pretty even series right now. Yeah, when you think about the the power kill, so the power player, for instance, um, in your opinion, yeah, in your per- opinion, when you think about Felino, because I saw the one where he kind of went in front. So what was even that call? He went in front of the guy, kind of missed and whiffed. He like slams into the boards or something, and he gets the penalty. What was that? Were they saying he tripped the guy, or what? That what was, was a tripping call, and it was very, very suspicious. Right, because yeah. he went in front of the guy and missed the guy. So how was that tripping? And he's the because the guy stopped on a dime, like he missed him. 
So I'm like, how do you call it tripping on that? And he's almost about to break his neck into the boards. Like, yeah, that to it, me was just... it was it was it was almost if he had actually hit him the way he wanted to hit him, it certainly would it wouldn't have been a trip, and it probably wouldn't have been anything. It was just so awkward looking that maybe the official saw it out of the corner of his eye and thought that right. there was a tripping action there, because um, it it did it didn't look like a clean hockey play, um, and it was weird because that happened, and then Felino's bleeding. From right. his nose, and they went yep, to commercial with a stick. Yep, and they, yeah, they went to commercial, and you thought, oh man, the Wild might be getting a power play. He's bleeding. They might get four minutes here, and then he was the guy in the box. It was right. it was really bizarre. Um, and yeah, the Heat he let the officials have it after the game, so we'll see how that affects maybe Game Five if there's any kind of compensation by the officiating. Yeah, because that, that's what I saw. I'm like, and, and I didn't know if there was a rule that when you come off the bench, because he came off the it was a it was a change, and he came right off the bench and went after the guy. So I didn't know if there was like a rule like you have to be like you have to want the complete change has to happen first before you're allowed to do that. Like, because I know there's a lot of small little rules within hockey, but I was really like that one was weird to me because I know I saw him come off the come off the board or whatever you call it, come from off the bench on a change, and then he went right towards the guy and, and kind of from behind almost. But it was like Spidey sense. The guy just stopped on a dime and like felt him coming. Like I can feel you. I hear you. Stopped and Felino just went flying. And they caught. That's why I thought the tripping was on the other guy for stopping and tripping him. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, it's on him. And he got hit in the face with the guy's stick too. Like the guy raised his arms up to like say Ole, and his stick hit him in the nose. And yeah, it was that to me was that's the one where if I'm the refs, I talk and I say, you know what? No, like let's just let it go. It didn't affect the game in any way. Like he got hit with the stick. He stopped on the dime. Both of them were kind of awkward. Let's let them play full strength. But no, they they put them in the box and the wild. Like that's just another opportunity for them to make the wild skate and and be tired because you're literally five guys. Is it four guys chasing five? Is that what it is on the penalty kill? Yeah, it's yeah. four versus five, right? Yep. Yeah. So you got four guys chasing five around. And again, I don't know how the stars do it. They are constantly on the attack, even when they're in the, the penalty kill. Like they are, they're trying to like, they're, they're trying to find creases. They're like, look, if this guy lose, lose the puck, let's go. And and they're taking off. And then now the wilder on the defensive, it's like, how does this happen? It's four on five. Like what two of you just go jump a guy like, and then make it three on three, like come up with some play. I don't know. What special team plays these guys come up with? But, I mean, I'm new to hockey. That's what I would do. I would say two of you go get the best guy. You bully him, keep him out of this, and then let's skate three-on-three and see it. Because I think three-on-three was the original overtime during regular season, right? Isn't that what it was? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, And I don't know how the Wild did in those three-on-three overtimes. Maybe that's not a recipe for their success. But, like, you got to do something. So, but we got to move on because uh, we still got to talk Gophers spring game. Like I, I enjoyed my time there. It was, some, it was some good stuff going on down there. Met, ran into some players, uh, you know, talked to some coaches. Uh, and it, and again, this season, and again, Deion Sanders facing this too. So I got to, I got to talk about that. Like what I saw at the Gophers spring game, what I heard, and then what I'm seeing in Colorado, it's all about the same. The biggest difference, Minnesota fans are, are really, 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 really fickle. And they love to, like, you got some that are on the boat, and you got some that love to see the boat sink. But we'll talk about that next coming up in the Daily Three with myself and Sam. But remember, you can check out the Minnesota Football Party four days a week from Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings fixed with Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Brown, Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we have a word from our sponsors. 
Yeah, let's talk about the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter authored by our own Luke Inman here. It is draft week, which means it is your last chance to get pre-draft analysis from NFL Draft Buzz. That's Luke's newsletter. You can subscribe at LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters. Get the latest draft news, top five lists, and links to other Locked On Draft content. Check it out today, NFL Draft Buzz newsletter. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. It's draft week, Ron, which means the Vikings are on the clock in three days. A lot of steam coming out. I saw uh, Peter King mocking Anthony Richardson to the Vikings at 23. That would be wild. But, Ron, I'm sure you've thought about this a lot. What's, What's a bold take that you have about the upcoming Vikings draft? Uh, I mean, it's not bold. I, I my, my take on the Vikings draft, and I don't know why I keep feeling this, but I just feel like the Vikings are going to trade back and get a second and a third round pick. Um, I just feel like that's the best way to build this team up. When you look at the pieces of the puzzle that are missing and the immediate needs. Now, again, this is a, if you're going to build now and you're not worried about, you know, five years from now, uh, building now is getting you a cornerback in the second round. And you look at the number of cornerbacks out there that could help this team. Uh, you look at like a lot of like because I feel like with uh, Byron Murphy, a Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr. I still think Andrew Booth Jr. can be good. Like I watched his tape. I think he can be good. I just think that we haven't seen uh, what he can do because he was hurt. Uh, he hasn't been healthy. But a Caleb Evans to me, I, I think he is a like he's a he's a starting cornerback in the NFL. Like his size, his length. Byron Murphy is your nickel, your outside corner. Maybe if you can get Joy Porter Jr., but I don't feel like he's going to be there. Um, but there's a lot of other cornerbacks. I mean, even if you were to go Terrell Smith again, late, that's a guy that can come in and probably help you out on special teams and be a guy that's going to be there. Terrell Smith was solid for the Gophers. He's bulked up. He's, he's running fast. Um, he, he's a guy that stays on the field, wasn't hurt. And I think that's the key. Um, there's been a lot of times Minnesota balked on Minnesota, uh, corners and those guys, like they could have had Benjamin St. Juiced. He's a starting cornerback for the Washington Commanders. Like, mm-hmm. you could have had that guy. 6'3", long, can cover. He's basically could be the guy. He could have been the guy opposite Patrick Peterson. He's stronger. He's more durable than uh, Camp Dantzler. Like, that could have been your guy. But for some reason, a lot of times, the Vikings balked on a lot of uh, – balked, 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 I don't know, on a lot of uh, <laughs> Gophers uh, deal. Guys, you look at Antoine Winfield. He could have been a the guy. They didn't go get him. You know, he could have been the guy right now next to Harris uh, uh, Harry. Because we were always wondering who's gonna be the, he, he could have been there. He can cover in the slot. But again, my bold prediction is they trade back. That's not bold. Um, but I do feel like you trade back, you try to get a corner in the second and the third, maybe, if you think you need to. Um the other bold one, and this is if he's there, I do say go get Anthony Richardson. The only reason I say that is because right now the Seahawks are thinking about getting him. Uh, and I forgot the other team, but the Seahawks reasoning is he can sit behind Geno Smith. I think the Vikings should have that same. If he's there at 23, you go get him because he can sit and learn behind Kirk Cousins. You don't have to force this young guy into the fire. You can train him up. You can you can work with him. Six, what, six, four, 244 pounds. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a man. He's a grown man. Like, and he's he can run. So then now you have a, a dual threat quarterback who's strong and you can create this offense. So that, that's my bobber. I say go get him if he's there just because he can sit behind Kirk Cousins. I don't know. What do you think? I think that a lot of people are enamored with quarterback and wide receiver and cornerback, and, and rightfully so. Those are the sexy positions. 
I would say that the Vikings could very well trade back, like you said, and take a defensive lineman mm. with their first overall pick. I think it, that's going under discussed that they don't really have a lot of prospects at defensive tackle. True. They've got a couple of defensive ends that have uncertain futures. With We, we still don't know what's happening with Zedarius. And Daniil's in a contract year. So I think that edge and interior defensive line are huge areas of need. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if they took like a Kalija Kansi or a Brian Brissy in the first round if they traded back. I will that's say that's a that's a good one. And my Vikings inside source. Um we had a conversation and he brought up that you look at a lot of the NFL teams over the years and what makes them successful. It's been upfront play. You look at the Steelers. They always kept bigs. You look at the Ravens. They always kept bigs. Uh, you look at the 49ers. They always kept the defense. Uh, that was, you know, that was kind of their, their calling card. Uh, he said, look, you know, look at the, um, the Broncos, you know, same thing. They would always go after, they had D linemen that can get after the quarterback. You look at the Eagles now. They're constantly doing it. You look at the Rams, Aaron Donald. So I do like that because that that that's something you're right. The Vikings don't have a dominant middle guy to just create havoc. Like it's been a while since they just, you know, since the Kevin Williams and the Williams wall, mm-hmm. you know, like you're, you're right. Like that's that's the key to it. The problem with the Williams wall is uh, they, they were there. They ran into like ju- that was the juggernaut years of the NFL, though, where everybody you had a lot. They like they ran into a lot of good teams uh, where you fast forward that Williams wall to now. With this offense, it's probably a Super Bowl caliber team. Like, legit. Like, with Justin Jefferson and then that defense, Chad Greenway, yeah, it's a, it's a Super Bowl caliber team. But, you know, that it is what it is. Uh, what you got next? Yeah, uh, let's do the Gophers question. You're wearing the Gophers long sleeve. Uh, you were at the spring game indoors oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. on Saturday. I, I was at the gym on the treadmill. I saw it on Big Ten Network trying to get a glimpse of – of uh, eighth and Cali McManus, but what were your major takeaways from the spring game? Oh man. So that kid, the transfer in kid, uh, number 11, he's a beast. He's a beast. Uh, Lamecki Brockington. He's a beast. Uh, he, and I, I, and I, I did, this was funny about Brockington. Uh, I sent him a tweet or a DM. Sorry. This had to be last year sometime. And it was, I don't know what game I was watching, but I was like, Hey man, you got it. You, you have it. Just don't make any mistakes. Uh, stay locked in because I know, like, with all these players and all these people, because uh, he wasn't he wasn't the guy. Like, they had Michael Brown Stevens in front of him. They had Daniel Jackson in front of him. They had all these guys in front of him. And I and I hate when I see that sometimes because players like Colorado and I and I'll pay that tease off. Uh, players like to leave. Like when they feel like you know what I can be better somewhere else. I'm out of here. Um, he stuck around, and now you see like with him, Chris Hartman Bell. Uh, the the two transfers, uh, Corey Kroon, like they are going to be good. They're Elijah Spencer or yeah, Elijah Spencer. That's the guy number eleven. They are going to be good. Like that four receivers there, Ethan Kelly Manis. Like he just has to not make mistakes and and work on his small technique stuff. They're going to be good. Like they and then the, the 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 Zach Evans. Like he's strong. He's fast. You got Tyler Newman's little brother as a second running back. They're going to be good. Like. The, the, the biggest question mark for this team now is replacing some of these defensive pieces they lost. But, man, that that front four, like, and, and we got to get uh, D'Labo there on because that D-line, man, they have some beasts. They have some big boys in there. 
And uh, it, it was just fun to be there, though. That, that, that was my takeaway, though. Like, the energy was in there. Uh, the players were having fun. Uh, they were competing. It was full go. I do like that because a lot of times, like, you actually get hurt not going full speed, like trying to pull up. You can't hit the quarterback, but everybody else was full go tackle hit. And so it's fun to see. I ran into Matt Spade, so he's going to come on the show. Uh, Adam Weber, uh, John Hay uh, Hazy. Uh, so we were all talking, you know, about the stuff, about the team, and about how big the guys look compared to like we were big, but then you forget like you were big because you see these guys like man, he's some big kids, and then you look back like oh wait, this guy's only two hundred twenty pounds or he's on two hundred twelve pounds. Like Chris Altman Bell to me looks big, and I'm like, how much you weigh? He's like, oh, I'm about two hundred seven. I'm like, damn, I was two thirty. Like I looked way bigger than you. Like what in the world, you know? But I just didn't. You don't see it. Like it's it's. I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't know what that's called when you can't see yourself as big as you see these other guys. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's 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 been amazing uh, to watch this growth. And 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 again, to pay off the tease about Deion Sanders, you see a lot of players transferring from Colorado because Deion said, if you don't want to work, don't you're not going to be here. And I think that's where people forget. Like you see guys exit PJ Flex program. That's nothing to do with PJ. That's on them. That's because they see the competition getting bought in. Like Chris Altman Bell could have saw all these new receivers come in and be like, oh man, I gotta, I'm not staying here for a seventh year. But he knows one, he can still be the leader of this group. And these other guys are gonna help him because now you can't double team crab. Crab's gonna go back to his his days with Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. Like when you have three other good receivers, you can't just double crab. So that's what I saw. I saw I saw a big opportunity for this team. They just have to stay healthy. Uh, what did you see on TV? Yeah. Not much. I didn't catch much. I was a long ways away from the TV. I uh, I guess it, it's a little disappointing that it ends up being inside. It's How many years in a row they had to kick it inside because of weather? Like two um, out of the last three, I think. He, yeah, you lose a lot of atmosphere compared to like what Colorado had Correct. with, with Dion packing the house with 66,000 fans. It was 32 um, yeah. degrees, though, Sam. It was freezing. Oh, I know. No, it would have been miserable. It would have been miserable. Um, trust me. I, I went to the Twins game yesterday. That was cool. And, this, and, and at 32, though, this is the crazy thing. If PJ had left it outside, he would have had 5,000 people show up. You know, like, people would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to just watch this on TV. It's a little cold yeah. out there. Like, he would have had 5,000 people show up. And then then you would have the negative Nellies, you know, posting that. Oh, look at look at the Gopher Spring game compared to Dion. Like, what are we doing? PJ's a PJ's a fraud. You know, like, yeah, he can't win. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you for my Gophers offseason analysis because I don't know I I don't follow it quite as closely day to day. So um, you're telling me that the wide receiver uh, crew is gonna come together. Crisantman Bell is gonna be the leader of the group. I guess my biggest question mark is Ethan. Like, is he gonna yeah. take that next step to be able to get them the football? That that to me is everything. Like that the whole offense hinges on that. Yeah, and his his growth is going to come in the next couple of days. Like, I mean, he's not sorry, next couple of weeks. So he's got to get ready for that July because June, May and June. So that couple of weeks in May and June, he's got to really take that time because this is they're called captain's practices. Like coaches can't are not supposed to be there. Um, so he's got to take that time to get to know all these new receivers like together. And Chris Hoffman Bell said he's cleared to start camp, so he'll be running. Uh, he says he's about ninety percent right now. You know, and just playing it safe uh the other guy Corey Kroom didn't play either in the spring game just to be safe you know um uh Brevin Spanford you know and 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 I was joking with Adam Weber I'm like man I wish I wouldn't have played my senior year of spring because that's when I got hurt like that was my first injury I got hurt my senior year doing spring ball just trying to you know be a captain be out there keep Glenn Mason you know showing I want to be there because I'm you know it was guaranteed going to the draft because I could have went as a junior and I got hurt and so I wish I had did what Corey Kroom did which is basically like learn 
run, be around the guys, but no, you're not tackling me. You're not hitting me. Stay off my legs. Uh, let's get ready for the season. Uh, Cause I, I mean, and I had a decent senior year, but I know I started it off limping. Like I started off with a knee injury, had an MCL, PCL sprain. And uh, yeah, just, just wasn't the start of the year. I thought it should have been. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, it was good to see the, the, the team taking care of their guys. They know are going to be there and play. Uh, I think the Elijah Spencer guy coming out of uh, uh, Charlotte, he had to play just to get familiar with it and say, hey, but Corey Crooms earned it. He, I mean, what, I think 11, 1,200 yards at, at Western Michigan. So they're like, look, we know what you can do. Uh, so, no, it, it was good to be there. It was a good, good day. What, what we got last one? What's the last yep, one? Yep, last one. We're about halfway through the first round of the NBA playoffs. I know you've been paying attention. Mm-hmm. Do you have an official finals prediction now that you've gotten a glimpse at all these teams? Man, you know what? I, I did at one point. Um, I'm thrown because of injury. So when you look at the East, um, my Buck Sixers, that's where I, I was thinking it's going to be Buck Sixers. Um, somehow, some way, uh, you look at the Celtics are finally starting to get it under control. But the biggest problem I'm finding is injury, like Joel Embiid's knee, uh, the free, Greek Freak's back. Um, that's, that's uh, what's his name, had the mask. Uh, Jalen Brown got hit, you know, had a face fracture or something i don't know like injury is setting these teams back and that's the tough thing about this whole bit like even in the west you know you got Kawhi leonard now out so it looks like the suns are going to win this uh because they play tomorrow so it looks like the suns could close this out tomorrow because they're up 3-1 Kawhi leonard there's no timetable on him coming back paul george is out he wasn't playing in the first round anyway so yeah i, I think the suns um my dark horse is the warriors I mean, it's not a dark, dark horse, but I just feel like the Warriors now, you see Steph Curry starting to get, get it going, him and Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson. Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson at 48. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> the Timberwolves would die for two players to give them 48 uh, other than a star because Steph's the star. You got Jordan Poole and Klay giving you 48. You got Steph just unguardable. So I, I do like the Warriors' sons. I think that would be a good matchup with KD and, and Devin Booker. Like, that would be scoring on top of scoring on top of scoring. Um, if the world could do it right, they would want that to be the whole NBA championship series. Um, but I think either Suns right now, in my opinion, Suns are Warriors, and then from the East, I think the the Bucks are the 76ers. Like I, I do like the way the 76ers play. Uh, but again, it comes down to Joel Embiid being healthy because James Harden is, is legit. Uh, Maxi is legit. Embiid is unguardable, but his knee, like he has to stay healthy, and 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 that that's going to be my thoughts on that. What do you what have you seen so far from the NBA playoffs? You're still sleeping on the Nuggets, huh? You don't think the Nuggets I am, are I don't know. come out of the West? I, I'm starting to hate the Nuggets like I hate the Grizzlies, though. So maybe that's why. Like, <laughs> I just yeah, Grizzlies are on the ropes. Like this, the Grizzlies are fighting for their life tonight. I know. As are the Bucks. Like tonight I'm is. I'm so sick is, of these late games, though. Man. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, you're no, right. It, yeah. It's the Bucks. The Bucks. If the Bucks lose, that's why I'm. Le- that's why I said the 76ers. Like I just feel like with these injuries and the way these teams are playing, you know, it was another sneaky one though. The Knicks. Like Ooh. the Knicks riding, yeah. uh, what's his name? Spike Lee's energy in the city. Like they had to shut down Seventh Ave in New York because the fans were celebrating and 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 yelling at Donovan Mitchell because Donovan Mitchell, I remember, could have been a, it could have been a Nick, but he chose the. Uh, he, I don't know what he. I don't remember what he said about why he didn't choose New York, uh, but he chose the 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 Cleveland uh, Cavaliers and and they are in the playoffs though. Like they are the better seed, so don't act like him choosing the Cavs was a bad choice. It's just the Knicks with the trade. It got it going and Julius Randle every, everybody's getting it going right now like everybody's getting it going and not Julius Randle uh wait is that Julius Randle Julius Randle on the Knicks yep yeah yeah the left-handed dude yeah mm-hmm. like they, they're getting it going right now 
But Brunson is just Brunson. I mean, he's he's playing better than anybody could imagine. And I think that's the biggest thing with himself. But yes, I'm sleeping on the Nuggets. I am. I'm sleeping on the Nuggets. I don't like the Grizzlies to go far. Uh, I, I hope the Lakers, you know, put the put their foot on their throat again tonight. Uh, I, I, last one before we get out of here, too. D- Dylan Brooks annoys me because today he came out and said, like, the media made me a, a, a villain. What? No, you made you a villain. <laughs> like, talk about the media. The media hates me. The Lakers fans, they were booing me and making me out to be a villain. Like, the, bro. The media reported what you said. Right. And them. that's why, like, that's why I love what J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith responded on Instagram to Sports Centers, like it was a Sports Center thing, and he's like, "No, have some, take some accountability. You did this to you. Like, you could have kept your mouth shut and said LeBron's a great player. I'm excited to play him. Uh, I mean, this is I'm, I'm I'm witnessing greatness. No, he's old. You got to give me forty. I poke bears. No, you poke balls. That's what you did. You poked them in the balls. You didn't poke the bear. You poked the bear's balls." And then you lost. And so, like, you play stupid games, you get a stupid prize. So, yeah, you can't say the media made you out to be a villain. You made you out to be a villain. So that's why I, I do hope the Lakers can close it out. Because I'm sick of the LeBron haters, too. Because uh, everybody wants to talk about Jordan, what he did in, at 38, 39 in the playoffs with the Wizards. And what LeBron's doing. It's like, come on, man. Jordan was fighting for his life with the Wizards. LeBron's trying to win a championship. Like, stop it. Stop. Like, Jordan is the greatest. Yes, we know that. Like, let's stop comparing it. Different eras. Jordan's the greatest of his time. LeBron's the greatest of his time. Let's move on. The sad thing about it is we keep saying this. I don't feel like there's another person after LeBron is going to keep the NBA going like this right now. Like, I don't know if Victor's the guy. Like, I don't know who the guy is. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the kid out of Alabama. Uh, I don't know if this is a 16-year-old kid that everybody's talking about now playing 16U basketball. He's like 6'9". He looks like like Jokic but can move faster. Like, I don't know. I don't know who's going to carry the NBA, Sam, but – we, we keep talking about LeBron. When he decides to walk off that court after him and Bronny get a chance to play together finally, we're, we're going to be sad. Like, we were sad for Jordan, but we had Iverson. We had Kobe. We had Shaq. We had a lot of guys then. There's not a lot of guys in the NBA right now. Like, I mean, you got the Greek freak. You got Kevin Durant. Uh, you got Devin Booker. But I don't know if those guys can be what LeBron has been to the, to the, the world of basketball because LeBron has been what Michael Jordan was. And so I don't know if there's going to be another player that's going to captivate us the way lebron did uh but yeah we should talk about that friday that's that's a friday let's round table that one love it like who who would our guy be who would you if you had to pick you have to pick a guy because we can't say nobody but if you had to pick a guy that's going to carry on the nba like lebron it could be a guy we don't even know about it could be victor who would it be could chet Helmgren? no probably not but who would it be but i don't know Ant. sam i enjoyed today's show and yeah i mean like i said that movie with bo cruz i did like i mean he maybe he's the next space jams guy like he seems like a good actor he seems like he has his acting down. So Anthony Edwards and Space Jam 3. I would I would watch that because Anthony Edwards was a, I mean, I don't know his lines. He didn't have a ton of lines and it was all basketball stuff, but I, I thought he did a great job acting. I don't know. Yeah. But, and I'm ready to, I mean, because just like Dan Patrick, like if there's a movie with Anthony Edwards, I think I should be in it. I think we should be in it at some, some capacity, whether we're the, the sports commentators for the Anthony Edwards uh, game when he gets sucked into the Matrix and ends up in Toontown. That should be us. Give us one to two minutes like Dan Patrick gets in all these movies with Adam Sandler. But I'm Ron Johnson. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. Remember, people, uh, you can subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. We can get all of our videos, all of our shows. It's free to subscribe. Uh, you just have to have an email address. Go to YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Also, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, iHeartMedia app, wherever it is, make sure you search Locked On Sports Minnesota. And hit the follow button there as well. You'll get all the updates every time we upload a show. And again, we have a busy week with the draft week this week. So you're not going to miss that. Have a great day.